0: Hey, welcome to the Podcast Stuff with Steve, and I'm Steve Hill. Sitting here with me today is the amazing Kalia Honey. Thank you for being here with me today no to Right, shotgun. And mm-hmm. on the camera behind us, or in front of us, actually, is mm-hmm. Roger Purdy. And uh, John Green's in the room, along with the amazing Taylor Paulson, who is doing sound engineering work and making it all come together. So thank you for all those. Yeah. Now, then, this is December. Yes. We just... In December, will often talk about joy, goodwill, and Christmas, and mm-hmm. Jesus, and the Savior, and your manger scene at home. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All, right. talk, all of the above. All of the above. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about something that's kind of in the other direction. Okay. And it's a, what we call the persecuted church. Mm. And across the world, uh, Christians are being persecuted. Churches are being closed or burned down. Uh, Christians are being murdered. And one of the places that's happening is in the country of Myanmar. Mm. Are you familiar with Myanmar? Just a little bit. Only from, because of you. Because yeah. of me, yeah. yeah. So Myanmar is a country of 60 million people. Uh, it's probably 95% Buddhist and maybe 2% Christian, 2% Muslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, Myanmar is south of China and next to Thailand. So it's in what we call Southeast Asia. Okay. So, fairly large land country. But I started going there. Uh, eight years ago, and I went six straight years until COVID became an issue, and I got to teach at pastors conferences, so I got to meet lots of Christians and pastors. I got to speak in churches too, and just meet people, and through that, there were uh, several people that I have a secure relationship with, and mm. over the years, they would contact me or send me emails, and we would just dialogue together, just uh, continue being friends, I would say. Well, a couple of years ago, they had a military uh, coup overthrow of the government. And the elected president mm. was thrown into house arrest along with her cabinet. Her name is Anyang Kyi, And she was uh, a longtime political person in that country striving for freedom. Mm. And then she was tossed into house arrest. Wow. And after that moment... Uh, the military began to crack down on people across the board. But Christians are particularly uh, targeted in that country as well. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason is ethnic, because many of the Christians in Myanmar are of a certain ethnic background, which is called Chin. And that part of the country where the Chin people are, they get the brunt of the military, or a large portion of the military crackdown. Mm -hmm. So recently I... Actually, it's last week. I got an, a lengthy email and sheet from one of my friends. In fact, this friend has been in my home here in the United States, and and he runs a ministry where he trains pastors.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, runs a church. He's probably taught a thousand pastors. Wow. He's a significant leader in the country. And he sent me this, and so I just want to read part of it uh, today. And he goes, four things to pray for. And this kind of sums up at least the persecuted church in that part of the world as well. Number one, he writes, the military junta in Myanmar continues to torture innocent civilians and kill without mercy. They raped a young woman who just had a baby, burnt hundreds of houses and villages, even burnt a truck, uh, fully loaded with food, basic needs and medicines, which intended for war refugees in the Chin State. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the Chin State. They don't allow traveling to the places that need urgent help. The fighting between people, defense, forces, and the, junta, the military troops in the city area causes civilians to be in danger, and some have died. Mm-hmm. To pray for my family members and people from the, this township. Uh, the military have they destroyed, burned down to the ground two hundred houses. Actually, I have pictures of it. Uh, they all have to; they all had to leave their town and taking refugees near the border in India. India, so they had to escape. I would say it's probably I'm guessing a hundred miles, as I remember, to the border of India from that location. And uh, just pray for their safety. Number three, this gets real personal for my friend. My niece, I'm not going to give her name here, was killed by the military near. Her camp where she served as a medical assistant for um, people—I'm trying not to say too much here—in a certain area called Calais, and I've been to Calais. I've stayed overnight there. I've been there two weeks total in Calais, and after three days searching, they just found her dead body and two of her friends' death. Nine other girls from the camp who were doctors and nurses uh, are still in the hands of the troops. We don't know what they will do to them. Yeah. Uh, he and his family uh, also my friend here run a uh, orphanage sometimes it's called a children's home there, and it 's just outside one of the major cities and so it's not safe to be out on his outside the major city in this more rural place and so he says we can only go there during daytime but not at night. The military search the houses, uh, sometimes drunken soldiers arrest arrest people for no reason and ransomed them off, but sometimes they just return a dead body to the family. A 19-year-old boy was arrested on the 22nd, murdered by the troops, and then they told the family to come pick up the body of their dead son. Um, so it's a very difficult time in this location. I stay in, well, here at Kalia, here are pictures of of that you can see them, of the houses that are burned, and also of his niece who was killed in these nine Workers, yeah. nurses, and doctors who yeah. are who are um, taking kidnapped by this government. Yeah,
1: it's terrible.
0: It's a very difficult time in other parts of the world, and we think we have it bad because COVID. But you know what? This isn't anything. Right. Uh, what we're going through is not really in comparison. Uh, when I traveled to the country of of Myanmar in the past, um, I would hear stories from pastors like. Uh, hey, we started a, this is before this military thing. They face pressure. Sometimes they'd be holding a church service in their home, and people maybe would throw rocks at the home or pressure them not to have a church service, those kinds of things. But after this military thing, the pressure became more intense, and it Mm -hmm. came from the military. In countries like this, they do not have a police force per se. They just have the military. This is one of the better things about the United States is that, or a lot of countries they have the military is not the same as the police force and so there's a separation of of that which is probably a good thing and uh, so they get lots of persecution from from the government mm. it's grieving to me because i i've been there and i can just picture how hard it is for them i get messages and interact with four christian pastors in that country. And there are many, many Christian pastors there. It's a big country, 60 million. But uh, we've tried to uh, financially support at least the four that I know, because I know that I trust that the money is going to a good place and it's going to be used well. Uh, So trust with that. Mm -hmm. So I logged on to the, there are two websites Mm -hmm. that track or give information about churches and Christians being persecuted across the world. One is called voice of the martyrs and the other one is called uh, open doors. Okay. And there's probably a few others. Mm-hmm. So on uh, one of the websites here, I'm reading their list of 10 countries where it's hardest to follow Jesus. Hmm. So North Korea is first. Yeah. That's probably no, not a surprise. Right. Not at all. And then secondly is Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, pakistan eritrea did i pronounce that right
1: (laughs) eritrea eritrea (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, yemen iran nigeria india
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so what's interesting to me about this list khalia is that the first one north korea they have no religion there (laughs) yeah and the others are are i'm going to say the next eight of them are islamic countries and the 10th one is hindu
1: yeah
0: uh Hindu and uh, Islamic. And so uh, according to this website, those are the 10 countries with the most, uh, that, that is the hardest for Christians to be uh, uh, right now. Yeah. I have a list here of how many churches have been shut down in countries. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and number one is China. 3,088 churches have been closed in China just this year alone.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, so we don't know. You know, it's the government forcibly shutting down the church or taking the building away. Yeah. Uh, the next is Nigeria, mm. which is far down the list at they at two hundred and seventy. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed about these other countries outside of China is that usually to shut down these churches they burn them to the ground and they arrest the pastor they start killing people as well number 10 on this list for churches is Mexico
1: yeah that's crazy
0: yeah Mexico had 61 churches that were forcibly uh, shut down Mm. by uh, people in the city or by the government itself Mm. So I used to think it was probably along the border because we hear about the chaos on the border. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's in the interior of Mexico, just north of Mexico City, and some of those places where it's very difficult. Uh, And part of it, my understanding, is just the drug cartels because churches have different values than drug cartels and human smugglers as well. So that's um, a part of the the thing going on in those countries Mm -hmm. so on one of the websites uh reading this 340 million christians live in places where they experience violence because of their faith wow three and and, uh last year just this year so far i think this is through october uh 4761 christians have been killed for the faith and uh, 4400 churches and christian buildings have been shut down attacked Mm. and uh, another 4,000 Christians are still in prison uh, from this. Wow. So kind of as we talk about those things, very sobering this time of the year at Christian, but this website, Open Doors, lists a couple reasons why there's so much persecution of Christians. Okay. And I found this very interesting, and I'd like your feedback on this. Number one, they say, is authoritarian governments, Uh dictatorial governments, view Christianity as a threat to their power. Mm Mm-hmm. And it made me think about uh, as I'm reading the description of this. Is that um, they re- they view uh, Christians as enemies of the state because it challenges loyalty to the leaders? Yeah. So Interesting. our loyalty as Christians is to Jesus, right? Our adherence is to Him, and it made me think about the first century. Yeah, that Christians who. Uh, uh, As they lived out their faith in the Roman world, Caesar was considered to be a god, or he was to be worshipped, and so Christians refused to do that out of that loyalty issue. I'm going to be loyal to Jesus who died for me and rose again for me, and I'm not going to say that Caesar is Lord, only Jesus is Lord. Right. And a lot of Christians in the first, second, third centuries lost their lives for that, or they were tortured, or they lost their jobs.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems like in these countries, the leaders don't just want to be submitted to. They want to be worshipped. And our worship isn't to man. So, yeah, I can't I can't imagine how scary that is. And it made me think of Herod killing boys, baby boys, because he was worried about his power being threatened. Um, Yeah, I mean, this desire to be God is what's causing persecution. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, so Herod, you're like, hey, I'm king. There shouldn't be any other king. Yeah, yeah right. And
1: Including his kids, right? Oh, yes. Killing, Killing his kids. Killed his own kids. Yeah, yeah he
0: was a. Bad <laughs> he got man. rid of
1: his own legacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, so in these persecution countries, the people in power view Christians as a threat because our. Our loyalty is to God. Right. It's to Jesus. Yeah. A second reason they say here is that sometimes it's a suspicion anything out of the majority culture. Mm. So people, I can kind of see this in countries I've been to where, let's say that the country's Hindu. So I've been to India or other countries that are Buddhist or something. And then if it looks dramatically different. People are going to be, whoa, I'm not going to yeah. And maybe force them out. I had friends who were staying at a hotel in India, and they were leading a pastor's conference, mm-hmm. and in the middle of the night, the translator came and got them, said, you have to get out of here right now. They're coming for you. So they had to leave their luggage behind, wow. immediately got into a taxi that this translator arranged for them, and uh, got out of the city.
1: Wow.
0: And so those those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, across the world and part of it is because of that it's interestingly i go to other countries sometimes and i always ask the taxi drivers i'll say hey are you are you a buddhist mm-hmm. or hey are you a hindu yeah or are, are you a muslim mm-hmm. and everybody will talk to me wow that yeah. doesn't happen in the united share. states
1: they share yeah <laughs> i got a
0: ride from a lift guy the other day and i went I probably shouldn't ask that.
1: Yeah. Although he took <laughs> me to
0: the church here, so I was able to talk, talk you know, about it. Talk about it, right. Yeah, it came but up we anyway. we only
1: talk about it when it comes up, not yeah, not because we're bold enough to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so people, you know, in some respects, people want to talk about those things, but uh, when it's diametrically different, sometimes there can be persecution. Yeah. Here's another one. Extremist groups uh, want to destroy Christians, and Boko Haram in Nigeria is kind of the classic one example of this, where they've kidnapped, I think at one point they kidnapped like 80 kids, you remember this, at one time, mm-hmm. out of a school, oh. Christi- out of a Christian school, and so we have attacks just because people so violently hate Christianity yeah. or hate Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And then another one is, a fourth one here is the last one, uh, official and cultural domination of a single religion. And as I read this article, it comes clear to me that if I'm a leader like Herod or somebody Caesar, else in another country yeah, mm-hmm. uh, today, if I can have a uniform thinking across the board, then uh, I can control people.
1: Yeah. So
0: I don't want. These competing religious things. I want one,
1: yeah,
0: and I see that. In and the I country. need to
1: be at the top of that. Uh,
0: I need to be. At t- I mm-hmm. see that in Myanmar because Buddhism is ninety percent of the country, and so they want it all to be Buddhist because they can control it right. that way. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. So that happens at, as well. This kind of th- so uh, with all that. Here's, I'll just get right to it. Here's what I'm thinking. I have friends in other countries who are getting shot at threatened persecuted for going to church and people here in the united states won't go to church because they don't want to wear a stinking mask yeah so i want to say what's up with that that's about as lame a terrible attitude as i can think of
1: yeah it is a terrible attitude
0: <laughs> because if jesus can die for me i think i can wear a mask and show up
1: yeah yeah, or people don't want to come to church at all because of the pandemic, the opposite extreme of that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So in one sense, I'd like to tell people who, hey, if you have an, a, a compromised immune system and all that, mm. I, I mean, I get it. But if you're just mad about the mask and you're staying home and yeah. you're just doing couch church or pajama church or kitchen mm-hmm. table church, coffee church, I don't know what you call it yeah. these days, then um, what's up with that? Yeah. I mean, really, what
1: what justifies that when
0: you when you stand before Jesus like you say, well, I just didn't want to wear a mask, so I didn't go. And then you say, I can just have church in my own living room, just me. Well, do you have, you know, churches have baptism, communion, they have leaders and, and ministries and they serve together. That doesn't happen when you're on your own in your house We need
1: community and Christ loved the church. So we need to be a part of it and loving it, too.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And so in one sense, in one sense, I want to I want to kind of rattle the cage of those who are just like, oh, I just don't want to come because. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, As well. So when I think about my friends in other countries who are suffering, but they still go to church. They still yeah. are making it happen. Yeah. And then people here who say, well, I'm not coming.
1: Right. There's no excuse for it. I don't
0: think there's an excuse for
1: yeah, it. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir. You're there every Sunday.
1: I am, with my mask on. <laughs> I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't want to wear a
0: mask. Yeah. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. want to. It's
1: an inconvenience, but it's just that, an inconvenience. It's not life or death. Yeah. Not in this same way. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I could bring up on my screen all the messages I have from some of these uh, Christian leaders, but at in my situation, what I'm doing is that I'm when funds become available, we send them to uh, four Christian leaders, and we have ways of of getting them funds that they need, and it just uh, is helpful to them and to their ministries so they can continue doing what they're doing, which... Yeah. For many of them, it's just simply proclaiming the gospel. Yeah, they and just living. they're yeah. living the gospel, yeah. proclaiming the gospel, and I admire them for that. I sometimes think would I do the same thing if I were in their shoes? I hope so. Yeah, but maybe what I can would. Can you say
1: without a shadow of doubt?
0: I can't. Maybe I'd think out. Yeah. I hope not. Feel the same. But if God puts me in that position, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, so. Uh, talking about the persecuted church during christmas and so if you're interested in some of these things you can get to these websites one is called open doors and you can just google that the other one is called voice of the martyrs which i think is persecutedchurch.com i think so Mm And you can also sign up for their free magazine so that you can get information about what's going on in the world today. So you should become informed because we love the people in our church. We love the people in our community and we love people around the world, too. So let's get informed about those things. All right. Hey, great. It's great uh, talking about uh, these things on this podcast. Merry Christmas to everyone and grace and peace be with you. Merry
1: Christmas.